know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Van Brawl Season Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode. What up, Podcast Land? And on tonight's episode, we're talking all things Atlanta Braves. Because the Braves are the talk of the town right now. They're on fire offensively, except last night they ran into a buzzsaw in, a, in Jacob deGrom. But we're not going to talk about last night's game too much. We're going to talk about the good things. So across the way is my normal sidekick and co-host, RG3, who is back from the beach. How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. 74 degrees the first day, 82 degrees the second day with a... Strong wind and uh, uh, 87 degrees the third day, but it was still nice. Found a lot of shark teeth and had a good time. And he didn't get burnt. Oh, uh, my God. I can't quite say that. Did get burned. It's just on my back. That's good. <laughs> Nobody can see it, so I'm good. That's good. And, uh, well, speaking of seeing, we're doing uh, a new bit at the end of the show. We're doing a video recap. For the first time. Yeah, so we'll try that out. Um, so make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll provide the YouTube link on our on our page. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited about that. Like listeners will get to hear, or not only get to hear, but they'll get to see like what we look like and stuff. Yeah, I might have to uh, edit your face out a little bit. but Harsh! <laughs> Harsh! The co- my co-host, ladies and gentlemen... You'll get to see him too. Maybe we'll have to, you know, edit some things out with him too. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. That that I I am really excited about that though. So on to bigger and more important topics. Uh, the Atlanta Braves. You got some you got some big picture stuff you want to talk about. So let's get into it. Yeah. So other than Tuesday night's game, uh, the Braves' offense has been clicking on all cylinders. Uh, did you expect the Braves' offense to be this deep? Well, what, what I will say about the Braves' offense right now, or, or before the year, is we knew is we knew how special Ronald Acuna Jr. was going to be, uh, just based off the fact, um, you know, that he won Rookie of the Year a year ago, and uh, and burst it on in the scene and came out with a bang, and what really kind of got him going was right after the All Star break in August, uh, the Braves moved him to the leadoff spot and he just took off, like. like like we all saw the the type of impact that he gave uh, in this lineup, and he really, really just kind of took off, and and so I and so I felt good about Ronald. I felt good about Ozzy Albies going into his second and full year. I felt good about Freddie Freeman, you know, the elder statesman, study Freddie. I felt good about Nick Markakis, you know, what you're gonna get with him. He, he's gonna give you great at bats. He's gonna play great defense. I felt really good about. Um, about Josh Donaldson, I thought he was going to be kind of that impact free agent bat that the Braves desperately needed, but he, he kind of had a uh, a tough start at the beginning of his of his season uh, in April. But he's really kind of starting around into form, and we'll get into more Josh Donaldson stuff as the show goes on. and And so I felt good about the Braves lineup. I wasn't really sure what we were going to get with the pitching. I felt pretty good about Fulton Avich, just based off what he did a year ago. Now, Fulty's kind of been really up and down. We'll get more into him later. Um, I felt good about the young guys who were going to be able to make an impact. I felt like Freed was going to be able to make a jump, being finally healthy. 
And Dallas Kuchel will be making his Atlanta debut on Friday in Washington um, versus the Nationals. How excited are you to see Dallas pitch? Oh, with Keuchel, I'm so excited. I think Keuchel is really, really going to help this rotation. You can instantly slide him in as a number two starter um, alongside Soroka and Freed, however you want to mix the three of them together. I think that's a really nice three-headed monster that the Braves have um, um, with those three. And especially in a short series, like in a four-game series, you you have those three, uh, Soroka, Freed, and Keuchel. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. And the thing about Keuchel is he's a four-time Gold Club Award winner. He's a Cy Young Award winner in 2015. He's really kind of just – he he's really the thing that the Braves have been looking for for so long. A steady, old pro veteran pitcher that you feel really good about and a guy who you can give the ball to – every fifth day, and you're just like, I know what I'm going to get with this guy. I know he's not going to blow you away stuff-wise, but he knows how to pitch. He, he's got from that Tom Glavin cloth. And what I mean by that, he's cerebral, he knows how to pitch, he knows how to locate. That is Dallas Keuchel. Hmm. So I'll have to make sure to keep an eye on him on Friday. Heck and yeah. uh, Fulte pitched better in his last start versus the Phillies on Sunday. Are you feeling better about... Uh, the right-hander uh, than you did a week ago? Um. Yes, yes I am. I was really worried about Fulton Avich, um before the Philly series, and I was really nervous because I'm thinking, all right, Philly's lineup is loaded, you know, they got Bryce Harper, you, you know, how's Fulton going to react to that? You, you know, we talked about on last week's episode with my dad uh, that his slider and his breaking ball like, hasn't been as good. But Fulton kind of rounded into form. He pitched six innings against the Phillies. And his fastball was up as hard and as fast as 99 miles an hour. So when you think Mike Fulton-Avich, you think electric fastball, 90-plus and over. And that's that's really kind of been his calling card, and hopefully he can round into form and kind of be that fourth or fifth starter that the Braves need him to be. Because if he's still up and down, I I would put Mike Fulton-Avich in the bullpen in a heartbeat. Hmm. I mean, he, he, he could be a closer. But I think... He's got too much pride in himself, and he really wants to be like, hey, I can buck the trend from being the, the guy who can just throw like 90-plus and um, and be a starter, and I really know how to pitch. Instead of just being like, oh, I got a big arm, just throw me in the back of the bullpen. Hmm. And Josh Donaldson's been playing really good baseball in the last 7 to 10 games. Uh, what has been the biggest factor for his improvement? The, the thing that's really been impressive about Donaldson – uh, is, is he's really starting around in the form um, of late. And the key to all that is he's done, is he's put in a ton of extra work, RD3. He has gone out early with the hitting coach, Kevin Seitzer, and he's been and, and he's been working with the pitching machine, specifically uh, with, with the machine. The machine has it catered to him hitting strictly curveballs and breaking balls. Because that's what Donaldson struggled with hmm. uh, throughout this year, so so I thought that was pretty interesting. And and most people do their cage, and most people do uh, work with the pitching machine, like in the cage. But Donaldson was like, set it up out on the field. I'm gonna hit out on the field, and we're gonna really work through this. And he's really worked. I've watched video of him hitting off the pitching machine, like with it set to like a breaking ball mode, and he's hitting nothing but curveballs. He's hit, he's pulling them. He's hitting them to right field. He's using the whole field. And it's really been impressive to watch. 
So credit to him and all the hard work he's put in. Most definitely. And kudos to him for, um, you know, setting it up in his office rather than, you know, setting up this cage. So Yeah. And, and also addressing the problem and being like, hey, people are pitching me nothing but breaking balls. And I got to hit them. Yeah, they're going to dish it out. So yeah. prepare yourself. Yeah, I like it. Luke Jackson has blown six saves this season. His most recent last Saturday night against Philly. What would the Braves do in the short term before the trade deadline in July when it comes to the closer spots? Oh my God, where do we begin? <laughs> okay, Luke Jackson, as I've mentioned before, has just driven me up a wall. I cannot stand him. When he comes out in a pitch, I shudder. When he, well, I mean, I mean, anything he does, when, even when I see him on TV, I just cringe. I have no confidence in him. I know he has like a cool little catchy nickname, the friendly neighborhood slider man, because he's got a really good slider and I guess slider man, spider man. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, and, and so I guess Jackson's like trying to create fame off of that, but I'm, but I'm not really a big fan of him. He, he's really like hit or miss. When his slider is good, he's effective. But I just don't think that he is built to be a closer. To, to be a closer, you have to have like intimidation and you have to have you have to have like a swag and like a confidence about you. Like Craig Kimbrell does or like John Smoltz did back in the day mm-hmm. uh, for the Braves. The, those are two really good examples. I mean, I mean, you can, th- I mean, all you have to do is think about closers today. Like, like, think about Aroldis Chapman, who was with the Cubs when they won the World Series in 2016. Now he's with the Yankees. He's He, he was known as the human flamethrower. I mean, I mean, you know what I mean? Being, being a closer, you have to have swag. And Lou Jackson does not have that. Or, like, a mental toughness about him. That, that's the other thing about being a closer. You, you, have to, you have to be on short rest. And you also have to be mentally tough. And just be able to pitch the next inning. Because sometimes it's not going to go your way. And sometimes you're going to be brought in early. And, you, you know, all these different scenarios happen when you're a closer. And they always say that the toughest three outs in baseball are the 25th, the 26th, and the 27th out of a ball game. And I just don't think Luke Jackson has that. In, in terms of options that they do have until the trading deadline, I'd look at maybe like an Anthony Swarzak, the guy who they got from Seattle. I mean, he, I mean, he can maybe do... A good job, and he's been pitching better of late. What I would do, this is going to be really risky, and Alex Anthopoulos, if he was sitting next to us, would probably be like, what are you thinking? But see, I would call up Kyle Wright, put Kyle Wright into the fourth spot in the rotation, and then bring Mike Fulton-Avich. I'm not Fulton-Avich. Be your closer, because Mike Fulton-Avich has a little bit of swag about him. I think it would be interesting to see how he would handle pitching in the ninth inning as opposed to starting. Because you see, like, what the move to the bullpen has done for Newcomb. Like, before Newcomb got hit in the face with the ball last Saturday when he was making that spot start against Philly, Newcomb has been on fire, mm-hmm. like, out of the bullpen. And he's done a really good job. And, like, his confidence is back. So I'm wondering if Fulty's confidence might need a little readjustment. I know the Braves don't want to do that, and I know that sounds really insane, but that's what I would do. Hmm. Again, insane, I know. And, and it also gives the Braves a chance to see what they have in Kyle Wright because Kyle Wright has done a really good job at AAA, 
and I'm really getting tired of watching him or of like reading up his box scores or AAA. I, w- I want to see this kid here. Hmm. So that's what I would. What are your thoughts on uh, the Braves players getting hit with pitches? Well, well, with Ronald Acuna, I'm I think it's uh, I think it's it's bush league. I think I'm, I think people what I think people like Urania who are like spineless and aren't tough because they're throwing at him instead of trying to get him out. You know that's happened a lot to like really great players. I mean, I mean, lots of great players have gotten hit. Like Sammy Sosa got hit a lot. Barry Bonds got hit a lot. I mean, I'm not comparing Ronald Kenny Jr. to people like that, but people with star power. You know, that's how you knock somebody with star power off their game. Is if you like throw at them, or if you go like up and in, or you know, different things like that. So yeah, so that's how I would answer that. And so the Major League Baseball All-Star voting is currently going on, but ends on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go out there and vote, Braves fans. Go to Braves.com and vote for your Braves. Uh, who do you think is most deserving of a trip to Cleveland? Wow. And, and see, with the Braves, there's so many because because a lot of different guys are having great seasons. I mean, Acuna is obviously – I mean, to, to me, it's obviously going to be Acuna, no doubt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, I mean he, he has just come out on fire. I think he's got 16 home runs. And he he's really just killing it since he's moved back to the leadoff spot. He, and I know Ozzy Albies, too, is the leading vote-getter amongst second basemen in the National League. He's having a really, really good year, too. He's got 11 home runs, I believe. And he's doing all this damage already doing the eighth spot. In the eighth spot, when you generally don't get anything to hit because you know who's behind you, the pitcher. And if you're in the eight hole, you're not really going to get pitches to hit. And Ozzy's done a really good job of hitting the eight hole. So credit to you, Mr. Albies. So I would say Acuna and Albies, I think, have a chance to go represent the Braves. But, but you can make an argument for a lot of people. Mike Soroka, the pitcher. Davey Swanson at shorter. Freddie at first. McCann at, at catcher. And the Braves have so many different people who, who you could send to Cleveland potentially. Definitely. And I also think it's going to be really neat that they're having uh, the all-star festivity in Cleveland and all that. Uh, you, you know, that's a really pretty ballpark and a stadium that the Braves visited in April and had that insane comeback on the Sunday – or in that Sunday night baseball game, the Braves came back and won. It was – it was. oh, wait, no. No, that was the Saturday game when they came back and won. The Sunday night game was when they just straight up killed. I got my games confused. But, but still, I think that's really impressive that they um, – and they have a chance to go play there, and also the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's right there. So when the guy, so when the All Stars are not uh, doing baseball related stuff, I mean, I mean, they can go see like Ozzy Osbourne and the Red Hot Chili Peppers and and all that cool stuff. So that's another cool thing about Cleveland. And then the All Star Game is going to be in Atlanta, twenty twenty one, baby, twenty twenty one, twenty twenty one. RD three, we need to find a way to either go to that or be in the battery. Yeah. Like, like I mean, because it's going to be lit. But it's gonna be more than lit. But twenty twenty one, I feel like by then we can make that happen. That'll be really fun. And I think Atlanta is so well I think Atlanta deserves this. And I mean I mean that's the name of the game. If you build a new stadium, you're you're gonna get an all star game. I mean I mean it doesn't matter it doesn't matter to the sport. The N- the NBA, if you if you build a new arena, like 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 a basketball example, the Golden State Warriors are building a new arena. 
This one more near like San Francisco. Or, yeah, yeah, this one more near like San Francisco. Uh, they're, they're probably going to get an NBA All-Star game here in a little bit. Uh, the, the Braves, with what they've done with SunTrust Park and the battery, and I mean, it's second and nine in Major League Baseball. So I'm really, really excited about 2021. I'm getting all the All-Star swag, like the hats, the jerseys. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm going all out for this, man. It's cool. Speaking of the NBA, the NBA draft is tomorrow, June 20th. That is right. June 20th, man. Draft day. And the Hawks have three first-round picks. In the, uh, how do you expect them to use it? Well, what I think they're going to do, and see, the Hawks have a few needs that they need to address. They, and, all right, the first need, they, they traded Torian Prince to the Brooklyn Nets, and he was their starting small forward. I think they're going to get a small forward. I just don't know which one. I'm torn between three of them. And I mentioned these last week on the show. Cam Reddish out of Duke, who's 6'8 and can really, really shoot the three. I think Cam Reddish is an explosive athlete. Of the three guys that I really like, I think Reddish is the most NBA ready. I'm, I do really like uh, Jarrett Culver from Texas Tech. I think he's a good player. And I also really like DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter is a really good defensive wing. And he can score too. I mean, I mean, all these guys have, have played big time basketball in the tournament in March, and are are all three like not afraid of the big moment. And that's what the Hawks need. The Hawks need like a solid, like steady guy who they can build around with, with Trey and John and Kevin. Excuse me. So, so that's what I think they need. I think they need an explosive three man. And I look for Cam Reddish to be one of those picks. The what what I think they ought to do with the second pick is they need to address a big is they need to get a big guy. The Hawks lack size, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got a big man. What I'm what I'm hoping, this is wishful thinking. This is just how like much of a wishful person I am. I wish the Hawks would drop Nick I wish the Hawks would drop Nicholas Claxton from UGA. But something tells me that might not happen until the second round. Do you think Claxton's ready for the NBA? Personally no, but I get it just based off potential. Like he's just a freak. But from where I sit, I think he should come back to school. And speaking of him, I found out today that he will actually be in Brooklyn for the NBA draft. Like, he will be hmm. in the green room, in a suit, chilling, like, with his family, like, waiting to hear his name called. So so that's really cool. And uh, congratulations to him. And uh, hopefully he can do some damage uh, in the NBA when he hears his name called. And do you think that the Hawks will be active for any trades during the draft? I do, I do, I, and especially their three second round picks. I know, I know you're thinking second round picks. Well, is it somewhere in the NFL draft? No, the NBA draft only has two rounds. Second round picks are just kind of eh. so. So I would look for the Hawks to try to package those picks. And see if they can get like either a bit player, maybe some cash considerations or like cash flexibility. So, so I would expect the Hawks to package their their, uh, their second round picks. Hmm. And other than Nick Nicholas Claxton, what other SEC players do you expect to make a big impact on the NBA level? Well, that's an interesting question because a lot of names come to mind, and I'm I'm gonna get I'm and I'm gonna give a few. The first of these names is Admiral Schofield from Tennessee. 
I think Admiral Schofield is the perfect ideal small forward in the NBA. I mean, other than the guys I mentioned, Cam Reddish, Jerry Culver, um, I look at Schofield as the as the prototypical NBA small forward. I I think he's a really really good defensive player. I think he can really score, and I'm really interested to see where he's going to go because he's because he brings leadership, he brings toughness, and as a rookie, when you're trying to make a name for yourself. Um, I'm, that's what it takes. And so I truly expect Adam Schofield to have a really good uh, chance at the NBA. Another guy who's from your neck of the woods, he went to Auburn, is Bryce Brown. Bryce Brown can absolutely shoot the he lights sure out. Can. And I know he probably won't get drafted, and he might be an undrafted free agent, but Bryce Brown can straight up shoot. And with the way... Why, why don't you think he'll get drafted? Because, well, there are just so many players. Like, I mean... He he might get drafted, but but I'm just saying he might he also might not. But but I think he can more really, so than Nicholas Claxton. Well, what I'll say if Claxton's being invited to the NBA draft and like sit in the green room, he he's probably going to go like first round. I, I don't know about Brown, but but I do but I do like Bryce Brown. I think Bryce Brown if he finds a niche in the NBA, he he can he can stay because he can shoot because that's all the NBA game is now is just jacking threes and uh, having big men that can that can shoot threes. Most definitely. Even though he's a guard, but <laughs> I but I still think uh, he he's got a really good uh, NBA future. I really like uh, Daniel Galford from uh, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He he's like a six ten big guy. I've seen some mocking me a draft and say he's a first round pick, and I'm like, what? First round pick, and you were just average at Arkansas. I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, <laughs> another SEC guy that I really like is PJ Washington from Kentucky. I think he's one of those other like small forwards that can really, really do well in the NBA, and he's well coached by John Calipari. I know when mm. we think Calipari, we think Derrick Rose and the SAT <laughs> and all that stuff, but mm. John Calipari is a good coach. As much as it pains me to say it. So, so those are just some of the SEC guys that I think can make an impact in the next level. What do you think about non-SEC players? Some non-SEC guys that I really like. I really like uh, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. I really like Jared Colbert, who I talked about. Cam Reddish is really good. R.J. Barrett from Duke is is a really player. And, I mean, obviously Zion. I mean, I mean, I think Zion's going to do really, really well in the NBA. Definitely. Have have fun in New Orleans, Zion. He'll be eating beignets and uh, a cafe du monde, and you know he'll be chilling. So, so those are some non uh, some non SEC guys that I think can make an impact uh, in the NBA in the next level. So RG three, um, I believe that is all we've got in terms of questions. For both NBA and uh, the Braves, are you going to vote for the Braves um, for the All-Stars going to Cleveland? Are you going to go to Braves.com and get get that going, man? I am, I am. Okay. So I'm, I'm probably going to vote for Albies, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how the votes turn out on Friday. No doubt, no doubt. And uh, the Braves have a big road trip coming up. Well, let's get that in really quick before we go. Uh, they, they start out in Washington uh, this weekend. Keuchel's debut will be Friday, so that'll be cool. Or next week, they're on the road in Chicago to play the Cubs at Wrigley Field. And so that's going to be exciting you know, because Wrigley's just like old and historic and beautiful. And, and it's always fun playing against the Cubs. Definitely. So, so that's where the Braves are in terms of, uh, in, in terms of their road trip. 
And and by the end of this road trip, RG3, we'll definitely find out why, like where the Braves stand. Mm-hmm. And it should be really exciting. So we'll get into all that next week. And we'll be able to talk about some NBA draft stuff, like what the Hawks did and what is going to happen with Nicholas Claxton and other guys in the SEC. So it should be a really fun, exciting episode next week. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you got any big weekend plans coming up, dude? Oh, another wedding. It's wedding season too. <laughs> I, I know we I know we love the summer because it's because it's pool season, it's grill season, it's baseball season. But believe it or not, it's also wedding season. I I've been to a ton of weddings myself. I've been to four, believe it or not. Like all in a span of like of three different months. It's crazy. Uh, but but they're fun. They're fun. Weddings are fun, and uh, just another good thing about the summer. Oh yeah, for sure. So my weekend's going to be chill. I'm going to be hanging out in Atlanta, uh, keeping up with the Braves, and uh, just kind of hanging out. So it should be fun. But we'll reconvene next week, and we'll talk all things Braves and post-NBA draft stuff. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. So for RG3, I'm Jamin Joe. You've been listening to another exciting installment of the Fan Brawl Seasons podcast, and we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya!